welcome to the Fallout Podcast episode 41, aka And I'll have it in a cold glass, please, and not a red hot one. It's a futile fall showdown. All 500 odd songs going head to head in ultimate pileup in four eras 77 to 85, 86 to 93, 94 to 01, and 02 to 17. Tonight, What You Need versus Detective Instinct, Cloud of Black versus The Funeral Mix, DIY Meat versus A Joke, and Class Pans versus 986 Generator. Joined as always by Monsieur Chip Pippington Rugby, a fourth generation meat curator. How are you, Philip? Uh, well, I'm very well, considering it was my birthday yesterday, and uh, I'm obviously getting old and decrepit, but in fact, I actually feel that the impairment has made me gentle in my baldness. Well, that's lovely, and happy belated birthday, I believe that's what they say. What they say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> uh, Lord Sage Temple, mourning for Kay Schultz, uh, possibly. Uh, and the crux of impositions. And T. Pemberton Walker, serif fonts, sans serif fonts. And scripts based on where your logo will be published. Sans service isn't my favourite type at first, but I'll accept that. Uh, Tiny Tim Twa, hateful rogues, hateful fellworm, hateful fury, and hateful hellcats. The rest is paste. And I am Treebeards, three Treebeards, the embodiment of chaos and tame nature. Tonight, we're going to have a crack at um, a futures and past. We have not been together in the room for a regular episode for a long, long time, but it's a treat. Always the people. All the people keep turning up. Always the people. But today, no people, just just good times. Alistair, tell us what we need to know. Well, I'm going to do a little piece on uh, Mr. Ivor Cutler today. Um, he was a lovely old Scottish man that did weird music, um, and he was a lot of fun. But yeah, he was a, a comedian. But well, was he was he a comedian, a poet, an author, or a musician? Or was he all all four? Who, who'd have thought that that could happen? Uh, no, he's he's not. He's Ivor Cutler. I think he came from Jewish heritage, which is like you know, I can tie that into tie it into a bit of the false stuff because Smith always used to live around. Um, uh, Presswich, which is uh, you know quite a heavy, heavily populated area from the, the Jewish community. And I'm Scottish. Played uh, piano and harmonium, uh, and he, he was very different. Do you, do you want to play a uh, play a song there, uh, Mr. Brendan? Let's start with that with this one, which I believe is called Cockadoodle Don't. I saw a cockadoodle don't in the garden, sitting on a sycamore leaf and singing cockadoodle do. I threw my little yellow shoe, he started singing cockadoodle dum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum dum. I saw a big tomato sandwich in the kitchen, sitting on a housemaid's knee and singing cockadoodle do. I threw my little yellow shoe, it started singing cockadoodle dum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum dum. I saw old Santa in the chimney, sitting on a pile of soot and singing cockadoodle do. I threw my little yellow shoe, he started singing cockadoodle dum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum dum. Good lord, that's my. Marvellous. Absolutely fantastic. It's like I said, very different, um, a, a bit daft, but it's just like the, the way that his brain works, the way he kind of like processes things, is uh, I find fant- well, find it really interesting. And he did have kind of like sensory issues as well. Uh, if, you, if you see sort of like footage of him live, uh, he didn't like people clapping at the end of it. Um, which reminded me a bit of um, God, there was some Edgar Allan Poe story where there was a, a guy who he, he had like really bad kind of like heightened senses, uh, senses of sound, and it could cause him like auditory distress. But yeah, surrealist folk, I think Ned Sherin described him as, which is pretty good. And uh, the LP that you, you just played from Ludo uh, it was produced by George Martin. I don't know if it was called it Abbey, Abbey Road or not, like, but you know. We all know George Martin from uh, producing Pinky and Perky. Um, but yeah, he, he was in the uh, the, the Magical Mystery for, uh, t- t- Beatles film uh, where he played uh, uh, Mr. Buster Blood Vessel. Buster Blood um, Vessel, that's right. Uh, uh, but yeah, he used to teach at some like right weird-ass school that it reminded me of something from um, you know, the drugs issue of Brass Eye and there's like some spoof documentary bit in it. It's like that. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's some interesting stuff. There's a quote from him saying somebody described me as a poet and then all of a sudden I was on the poetry scene it's a great way to, to go about life in it you know it's uh, you just stumble into things uh, right. but then he was kind of like embraced by the uh, the rock scene like the Beatles and uh, you know obviously Mr Peel picked up on him but he, I think he made his first TV appearance or radio appearance on, on Ned Sherrin's program in about 1958 um, so he's, he'd been he'd been knocking around a fair while. Um, I think it's time for another one. I do indeed. Let's have a listen to um, one of my, my favourites. It is. <laughs> 
Good morning, how are you? Shut up! Don't give me the small talk, give me the big talk. A million, million and six. Oh, I love that big talk. Give me some more. Elephants, elephants. Oh, I love that big talk. Give me some more. No, I hate to talk the big talk. I love to talk the small talk. All right, go ahead. Flies, mice and spiders, mice, flyers and spice. Spies, mice and flyers, mice, spiders and flies. Are you finished with your small talk? Yes. Goodbye. Well, uh, Alistair, can I ask what these other chaps think of Ivor? Is that okay? No, no, it's definitely not. It's just my go. <laughs> oh, go on, man. <laughs> Philip, what do you what do you think of this man? <laughs> He's definitely someone I've not given enough time to, but when we were talking a while ago about what futures and past were going to happen in this season, um, I had a bit of a session one morning with my daughter in the car listening to his tunes, and it was just, it's just a great way to start your day. It's He's got such a friendly but bizarre way of setting his songs up that it's you can't help but kind of smile but you know that it's it's not just frivolous there's there's like there's really clever stuff going on with it as well um so yeah i am a massive massive fan in as much as i always love it when i hear smile cut the stuff um and yeah i've been singing that one all morning actually because i knew that uh i was going to be doing some of it and uh, it is uh it is my philosophy i don't have a lot of time for the small talk i love that big talk give me some more should we listen to one more and then see what ezra thinks yeah go on happens to sharks when they're old they don't just fade away what happens to sharks when they're old i wish i was a shark today they don't have to go to the dentist they don't have to go to school they swim along below you and go nip 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 till their bellies are full. What happens to sharks when they're old? Ezra, what's uh, your uh, involvement with this fella? Well, he's wonderful. Um, my first uh, my first time to come into contact with him was the last song on Robert Wyatt's amazing album, Rock Bottom. It, it's indefinably beautiful. You know, I smash up the TV and what's left of the phone. It, it's incandescent, glorious business. And from that point, you know, I developed an interest in him. And some of the stuff, I mean, one of the other tracks that's on this list, uh, it's called Egg Meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. It's Mammy. <laughs> absolutely one of the most disturbing things I've ever heard. And I say this as a person who actually looks for that kind of stuff that's going to really keep me awake at night and scare the shit out of me. And this is one of the most legitimately disturbing things I've ever heard. And he's normally cuddly, but this is disturbing. So, yeah, he's great. It's almost like David Lynch, the, the egg meat one. It's, it's some deep, dark nonsense. Alistair, what else do we need to know? Um, well, it was uh, described as positively certifiable by Ned Sherrin, who got him on Cliff Mitchell Law's programme in the 50s. They least stuff on some decent labels as well, right? You know, so he'll been uh, label mates with Beefheart on Virgin, Smith's on Rough Trade, and um, My Bloody Valentine on Creation. Phrase that's quite often been used to describe him uh, by both critics and fans is uh, never knowingly understood. I mean, that brings us as close as we're going to get to Mez, really, isn't it? You're going to look for eccentrics that are literate and mad and funny and disturbing. You know, there's a strain and, and Cutler and um, and um, Smith are definitely two of those. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, the first time I heard to Cutler, that was on Peel. Uh, it was a Peel session. And you know, I just chin into Peel as he did about 1993, something like that. And uh, it's just this, this woman going on about clouds. And I was like, what the hell is this? It's brilliant. <laughs> Uh, which I think was Phyllis but yeah uh, I have a cutler check him out let's have a listen to the last one this is uh, one that got quite well known because um, Jim O'Rourke covered it for another century time women of the world take over because if you don't the world will come to an end and we haven't got long 
we haven't got long Men have had their shot And look at where we've got Women of the world Take over Now in the hands of a lesser talent It could sound crass With Ivor at the, at the, uh, Ivor at the helm It's beautiful very easy to parody. We did a parody of him once, Al. I shared that link last week. I know, I listened yeah. to it, and I think that's me playing the um, the organ on that one. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like the kind of thing I'd Great, great stuff. All right, well, that's enough, Ivor Cutler, if, if such a thing could ever happen. But uh, thank you, Alistair. Let's get on with tonight's main event, which is uh, the first track is What You Need off This Nation Saving Grace, 1985. I hope you don't mind. Nice, nice. Well, as is the rule, coming to you first, uh, Mr. VT over there. What do you have to say about this? Um, it's a great tune to start off with, isn't it? I, I, I think this is one of the best tracks off this nation, Sailing Grace, for my money. I absolutely love this track. And the more that I've listened to it this week, the more that I've fallen in love with it. I, I think it's it's a really, really excellent um, example of what the fall do really, really well. Um, love the, the sort of this one and the next one are quite similar in some ways in terms of how the structure that's rolling baseline and the and the, the steady kick in the background and the little light touches and flourishes that they put in. Even a bit of cowbell on this one, but it's uh, nicely done. Um, and it never gets dull. It stays interesting all the way through for the full runtime. It's I think it's only about four and a half minutes long but I, I could have listened to it twice as long to be honest with you I think the, the whole the overall arrangement and production on it is really inventive very clever um, and I, I love the light touch minimalism that they, that they, they weave all the way through it Re, it's another one that really reminds me of Can um, it reminds me a lot of I Want More I, I think there's, there's especially when the, the kind of chorus line is being sung by the whole group I think that that works really well. And it also gave me a bit of a vibe of Rolling Stones sing this all together, you know, off um, the Satanic uh, Majesty's album. Um, so I re-listened to that and then put this this one back on. This is way better than that Stones track. This is, this is so good. Um, so, yeah, so I, I fell in love with this track all over again listening to it this week. I think this is, uh, for my money, it's uh, it's quality form. Blended. Ezra, what about yourself? Yeah, well, music is back of the net. It's knotty fall ground, churning propellant rhythm section, like an encroaching hangover. Taz spidering chords, weaving a knotty web, an evil parping organ. Fantastic. And Beautiful. getting into the lyrics, turn down a corner, been bleeding some itch. What you need, reduce smoking habit. What you need, sex but not having it. What you need, one face, two face new. What you need, slippery shoes for your horrible feet. We're obsessed with what you need. They just nail the horrors of the post-industrial service-based capitalism paradigm that we're all just like strapped to, like Christ's on crosses. Cross, crosses. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it, it's a shame no one was listening because it's terrifying. And if you were going to call Mez a precog, I think this is one of the tracks where you could really fucking nail that. Um, smashing. Smashing. Alistair? Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Um, it's got like a very minimal kind of groove to it that's bass led. Uh, but there's some intricate little bits in there, like Phil kind of made reference to. Uh, there's some shifts on the bass, which is good. And, uh, some lovely scratchy guitar in there. You know, the, the drums provide the, the minimal repetitive groove line. I think they, it's, it's just a two drummer lineup. It sounds like that kind of thing. It, 
again, two bases as well? Oh, controversy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it sounded to me like there's two bases playing on it. Could well be, could well be. But I thought you sounded like it, it was uh, an extended jam, you know. Um, well, like they've edited it down from an extended jam because at the end of it, you get the hi-hats coming in uh, and then it just fades out and I would have loved to have heard like, you know, how it progressed beyond that. Essentially, it's, it's great walking music and you can get a good pace up to this one. Um, and there's a, an element of it being a, a list song uh, a bit like um, Billy Joel did in uh, We Didn't Start a Fire or uh, R.E.M. on uh, The End of the World as we know it, but considerably better. A little bit like that. So the thing is about This Nation's Saving Grace is that uh, Steve Hanley doesn't play on it as far as I know. He was he was off at that time. So Simon Rogers, the panpipe aficionado, he may have doubled up that bass for sure because he is a classically trained musician, as we, we well know. He might have, he might have, like you, Phil, he might have thought, this needs two bass lines. It is a really nice riff, and there's a, some some nice tambourine going on, some uh, muted strings, and cheeky keys, and a stomping beat. It's interesting how many tonight have that long form kind of thing. I think there's about five of them that, that basically are just one, almost one riff with no with kind of no break. Claps come in, it's really nice. The chanting, the lyrics are awesome. I don't know if it does it enough for me when I put it up against the song. So we'll um we'll see. We'll see if um but lyrically, yes, I'm surprised that Ezra didn't read the list. But the one, the the, um, the lyrics he said were awesome, uh, fantastic lyrics in this whole song. But I'll read the lyrics. One, face with girl past. Two, a profile that is low-key and meet your horrible new dad with a grudge against me. One, what face? Two, face new. Three, face mag for arse. Four, three rules of audience. Five, mug of Jeff Travis framed. Six, the book of theft is vision by the brothers Copeland. What you need. Brilliant. What does uh, Timothy think? I'm looking my new scrying glass for his, uh, for his comments there. <laughs> so he's put weird, cyclical, churning, hypnotic. Sometimes this annoys me for some reason, but today it's exactly what I needed. No pun intended. Today it strikes me as a domesticated, eat yourself fitter, rated good shit. Very good. And it is up against a cheeky track off Room to Live, 1982, a little ditty by the name of Detective Instinct. <laughs> Detective Instinct. Well, this is fucking excellent. Excellent, cavernous, crepuscular gloom, a dub temple. It, it's great. Like, uh, it, it's so minimal that at first I thought they didn't have any drums on it. But then I listened to it again. I noticed that they did, in fact, have drums on it. And and a zither, you know, what detective shows used a zither in the soundtrack. I'm sure there was at least one, but... I love this so much. You can tell by his fashion that he's been in prison. The detective instinct always pays off in retrospect once the initial mistake and presumption is overcome. Great. Indeed. Alistair, does it do it for you? Yeah, it's great. One, uh, but I don't think it's one that you'd recommend to somebody who's not familiar with the fall as, uh, as to be like the first song that you hear by him. Uh, but yeah, it gets, it gets really interesting towards the end. Like, um, and I was kind of like thinking, is it a zither? Is it a piano? But I'll, I'll definitely side with uh, Ezra on this one. It's, it's a zither. But there's a kind of dubby quality to it, um, which you only notice it when the drums kind of kick in. It's a, it's a slow, slow burner. A bit like these are 
Sigs that are bought off some dodgy guy in Liverpool. Uh, but um, yeah, it's a good one. It is, Alistair. I agree. It's a wonky, minimal, skeletal kind of riff and um, built this time around that, that base. And it's almost a detective show stab down, 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 kind of comes in, but it's kind of been put through the fall filter into this kind of. Uh, to become this kind of strange little riff um, and the guitars start chiming as you get through and yeah uh, Ezra I was actually quite s- similar I didn't notice the drums they kind of sneak in when you're not <laughs> and then you then you get to the end of the song and they're 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 just there <laughs> who brought that who brought them in two thugs knocked down an old tree for a lady's whim they were reasonable at first detective instinct he was a blubbering heap he should have served himself up, prefer- preferably in a restaurant with meat. The man at the bar had a V-neck vest on. No, it was a V-neck waistcoat. Accurate. <laughs> I like that bit. Detective instinct. Love it. Love it. Love it. Philip, what do you make of it? I think I'm going to throw the cat amongst the pigeons here a little bit. Um, I, I really like the start of it, and I like how the music's constructed, and I like the general noirish atmosphere that they get going with it that's that's all sort of uh, that's all good for me um but it's a bit too minimal for me it's a bit too thin it goes on longer than the previous song where i was left hungry for more with the last one i feel a little bit short changed with this um i do i think i it just feels like it's it's milking stuff a little bit too much and it needs something else going on with it it's just lacking something for me but the thing that kept making me think was this would really fit on Dragnet this tune, and I, I think it would it would sit happily with all those other songs. Though it's that kind of stripped back atmosphere and sinister um, shadows around everything, and um, so else. And I love that album. I, I love that, but I I don't think this is idea wise. I don't think this is as strong as a lot of the other stuff on Dragnet. Um, so for me, it was uh, I I I'm going to show my hand early and say I, I preferred what you need to this one fair enough i mean you are a mainstream man at the end of the day um i just love me britney yeah what is timothy's opinion on this so he has bellow from the underworld a top class character piece in the early fall tradition funny and sinister accurate this song is the clearest evidence that mez pasted everyone's performances on top of one another and it sounds layered in the same way some music concrete or really electronic experiments a la darnstadt sound my razor blades will cut down your entrance that is a good line one of the best things ever it is a good line well 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 it's it's um the first of a few tough showdowns this evening Ezra, which way are you going? Detective Instinct. Yes, yes. Philip, you've already shown your hand for what you need. Alistair? And for what you need as well. <sighs> I'm going for Detective Instinct. Oh, controversy. What does Tim say? Oh, just to add more controversy here, I don't know what this is going to do. What you need to, Detective Instinct's four. Oh, I'm going to count that as three. <laughs> that means Detective <laughs> Instinct goes through. I could see where you're going with that, trying to get his, his vote disqualified on a technicality. But um... I think we should, Alistair, I think we should get a recount on that one. Is there was a yeah. chart that was still hanging on by one corner. I'm going to talk to my solicitor. Overruled. Recount. Recount. Next up is something that is in many ways equally as good. Cloud of Black, a shift work outtake that appeared on the 27 points in 1991. <laughs>
quite that one, Brent, so I thought I'd give you a bit extra. It felt like it was slowing down as you were playing. <laughs> playing it. it was getting slower and slower as it went on. Uh, yeah. Alistair, what do you make of this gem? Uh, more shades of brown to me than shades of black. Um, Reminded me of you know, sort of indie dance crossover stuff like The Farm or Beloved or something like that. Some nice noises where it sounds like they're kicking a PV amp on the uh, that noise that you, you get, which is a very satisfying noise. But it plods it, plods, it, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not good walking stuff. Uh, um, but interesting to see what could have turned up if, you know, Andy Weatherall had got his mucky mitts on it. Because uh, he did, did a cracking remix of uh, Rope for Luck. But, the, you know, the original was was, was also great. And it's, it's also got the um, Sean Ryder shit whistling in there. Um, it's definitely no Ronnie Rinald. Shit whistling, yeah. He has to go about six scores, doesn't he? He's just yeah. like, just happening. Um, I I had a bit of a moment with it, so I dismiss everything in this era initially, and I have to listen to it like five or six times before I can even accept that there might be something good in there. But I was almost falling asleep, and it was playing, and it was it, it, it went through my head, and, and those kind of like interlocking synths and and rhythms just they started to do something in my brain, and and now I, I actually quite like this song. Um, and th- there's a lot of interesting stuff in there, especially towards the end of some explosion sounds and the bass comes in, in the last 30 seconds. And there's some wah-wah that might have actually done something nice. Um, get rid of that guitar and do a remix. Yeah, I'm with you, Al. I think there's actually um, a corker in there. Maybe maybe that's a bit much. Northwest Territories wake up pressurized every day in low-lying lands for silver eyes lasering my back, cloud of black. What does Tim think? Let's have a look-see. Cloud of black, sleazy maze, bloody blimey space invader, wank riff, bored Tim 3. <laughs> That's really interesting because uh, we were talking about Craig Scanlon did the Old Brother podcast and you know he's not really done any interviews that I've ever heard of and he seems to love shift work. I mean he, he he really takes a bunch of people to task. It's a brilliant episode, um, but he really seems to like the shift work here, which is strange because he doesn't do a lot, and the bits he does are not very good. Um, Ezra, what do you what do you think? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Long pause. <laughs> I, I like the drum machine. <laughs> I do like the drum machine. I like that drum rhythm. It's good. Um, it seems to be about uh, about weather systems. He seems to be very angry about weather in the northeast or the northwest, actually. And I did some research, and it does seem that it rains less in the northeast. So maybe he had a point. Apart from that, I'm not sure what else to say. Like, it was pretty boring. But if you can't fucking bitch about the weather, who the fuck are you? you you're sort of in trouble when Dave Bush's contributions are the only thing in the um, in the track that, that people give any time to. God bless him. It is up against something arguably worse. <laughs> Let's have a listen to the funeral mix, which was it's a beast. in my view. With that so what do you... <laughs> So what do you think? That is a record. We've only got to the third tune and you've already fucking down. I've got it written down as well. Uh, I've got, not that I've got a whole heap to add, but I I did write preset jaunt, uninspired guitar, incessant bleeps. And then underneath it, I put not bore diddly, but a bit dawdly. Very good. That's the only reason you wanted me to come to you really, wasn't it? For that, that little bit of word magic. It's what you're paid for, man, isn't it? And it's, uh, does it end with a flushing toilet? <laughs> is it a sample of a toilet being flushed? I don't know. The whole thing That's is, it's a meta comment. It's fucking coma inducing the whole <laughs> tune. It's, it's still got more life than this next one. Let's have a listen to the funeral mix. <sighs> Right. A song which struck me halfway through, we've already listened to once on this podcast. Well, can I, before I play this, what, what, what have we already heard this tune then? Yeah, it's the beginning of Zagreb. They used it for the first like 30 seconds and I couldn't work out where it was. And then, yeah, I read on, on one of the sites. But um, hey, now we get. I don't even know why we're counting this one because there's no vocals on it. And you've already stated that you don't think it's a false song unless it's got mezzo. Yeah, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It was a B song. I couldn't justify sticking in the uh, leftover box, so believe me, I would have. It's because it's that, but it's, it's more of a cold cut tune, though. Anyway, I'll play it. 
I listen. Ezra, I'm coming to you first because I know you're going to say you love this, aren't you? No, I fucking hate it. It's terrible. <laughs> Good. Um, you know, I mean, the best things I can say about it are it 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 is a good soundtrack for your face meeting the pillow after a hefty night. Cold Cut did it, and so therefore it should be about seventy five percent better than it actually is. Mes through a vocoder. It, that that it should be it should be much more than this. You know, if it's me and your granny through a vocoder on bongos, you would expect some. Something nice. This isn't nice. Not nice. I, I always thought you could put anything through a vocoder and it would sound like heaven. That, that's how much I like vocoders. And if you combine arguably my favorite band with a vocoder, you would think you'd be on cloud nine, but this isn't it. This is like cloud two. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Timothy will have no time for this, will he? Get, let, let's uh, hear. Have you noticed that you always get this prediction wrong? I think no, you might. Who you go to and what you say, it's always wrong. We are that contrarian that we can turn a sixpence. I'm right. mixed. You're all mixed. It's but Jesus, make it stop. There are no ideas and it just keeps going. <laughs> it, it is very poor indeed. And there's so many reasons why it shouldn't be in this podcast and be here now. It's, it's, it's an instrumental made by somebody else. It was an, It was um, basically only released as in, in some weird format. It, it's already appeared once. Anyway, our next tune is Apache by The Shadows. <laughs> <laughs> with Mez slapped on over in a, a low mix vocoder. Alistair, come on, lighten our load. Lighting. Um, there's just some terrible sounds in there. The uh, Phil Collins-style drums um, are quite objectionable. Oh, where your paper is there, I can see on the camera, piss style. Yeah. I noticed that. It's great. Piss style. Piss style. <laughs> it's a message for the ages. Shit call. <laughs> Prince Charles' message for the modern man. (laughs) (laughs) All the kids will be well in in the summer, you know. We'll all know about it then. Um, Yeah, uh, some of it actually reminded me a bit of craft work. um, And that was like a redeeming feature. And really, they they should have just stuck with that, gone with with the craft work groove on it, uh, instead of the shitty Collins stuff and the uh, daft clappy hands kind of percussion. But yeah, I'm not not a huge fan of that one. Yes, phased and plodding, plodding arpeggiated synths, mulch and mush. Come on, cold cut. Nice hand claps. Philip? I loved it. I thought it's the best (laughs) track on the list today, especially the claps. I thought... (laughs) Very poor. It's it, it's not a fall tune. It's not a fall tune. I feel about this like Alistair does about cover versions. No, there's some good cover versions, but I'm just uh, stickling. I it quite liked it. I did actually quite like it, but just but not as a fall tune, as in like something to put on when I'm doing something else. All right. Well, we've got over the, the the rough part here. Let's have a quick vote and move on to the second half, which has a, a, some actual nice good tunes in there. Um, We're not voting this down. Yeah, we'll 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 <laughs> They're both going out. Yes. But you know, Cloud of Black versus Funeral Mix. Philip. Funeral Mix. Thank you. <laughs> Timothy. He has pops. Cloud of Black, 1 0. Ezra. Both fucking abortions, but Cloud of Black gets it by default. <laughs> default, default. I'm a Cloud of Black as well. Al- Alistair. Um, I'll go Funeral Mix. All right, whatever. Let's have a listen to DIY. Let's have a listen to DIY meat. Now, 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 this is more like it. Philip, you're back on duty. 
What do you reckon? Oh, no, it's great. It's great. It's, uh, I love the start of it. It's uh, it's nice, classic, sort of uh, rocky, hunky billy guitar type stuff. Really busy drums, which we've... Do you know what? It really reminded me. When I first heard it, I was quite surprised what album it came off because it sounded like one of those later tunes with Pub uh, Rock Gang. It's really tight. Everything is kind of nailed down with it, isn't it? It's, but um, I, I think were this were this is a bit better than some of those later tracks and i'm assuming it's bricks playing guitar on it it's uh it's it's very simple but aggressive and committed playing um and i really like that i think it really pump push it really punches all the way through the guitar and i think mez is on top form melodically and performance wise and i think everything just comes together in it i think this is a, it's a bit of a bad storm in this one indeed absolutely redeemed after those last two songs alistair uh, DIY mate what's that uh, eating yourself eating yourself fitter there's a tight rhythm going on there yeah there's a the rhythm section groove reminds me quite a lot of early John Spencer blues explosion stuff so it's like a kind of Russell Simmons style drums and just a as a side off, like uh, like his new LP, John Spencer. Uh, it's not with the Blues Explosion. It's, it's got a different name, like, but he's got um, Bob Burt playing drums on it, on it again. Um, he was the drummer in Pussy Galore, and um, he was in Sonic Youth for a bit, like really early Sonic Youth when they were pretty cool. But he had some nice laughing in it, um, which was funny. Could have done with uh, a bit more of a lo-fi production. Yeah, maybe a drop eight in there. A bit more success. A little bit, a little bit more in the red, as Alistair might have said. Just could have uh, pushed it over, but uh, it's. it's it's a solid tune, absolutely. Ezra, what do you reckon? I said, what you doing around that grave? I said, I'm a handyman. I saw you chatting to my wife between the light and the door. It was a handyman. And the minute I got out my tent, go out. Ha ha, ha ha, ha ha, ha ha. They have cheese, not me. It was a handyman, a handy, a handyman. Great, fucking great. I, I mean, to me, it sounds a bit like the Jesus Lizard, which is, you know, the thinking music listeners, Led Zeppelin, for those unthinking music listeners out there. It, you know, it's got that same serrated fucking thing going on. And yeah, it, it's extremely disturbing. Like, there's a quote from a, uh, an interview with Marky e. Smith. I've just had me house decorated, and I'm seriously thinking of becoming a serial killer of bleeding workmen. I think they're a bleeding disgrace, yelling at women all the time. That that's encouraged by adverts and apparently it's possible it could have been something about fred west what i really like is you know i saw you chatting with my wife between the light and the door what a juxtaposition it's fantastic it's great you know between the light and the door so this gets all of my thumbs all the way up um that album is an absolute gem like user syndrome i know phil you always say that's one of your favorites and it's not one i, I really knew before this too much and so many great tracks on there yeah when they came up against each other obviously i know the joke really well and i was thinking oh it's another it's gonna be an easy one and then this this stormer comes that is like the drums come in a tight snare i love me a tight snare Fuzz bass, some stabbing raw guitar, Smith on top form, uh, and some wrung out chords, but I'll allow them. Um, yeah, it's a it's a marvel. And uh, I'm going to start playing bingo, band bingo with you three. When when Alistair brings up the John Spencer Blues Explosion or the Cramps, and uh, Phil brings up the Doors, and uh, Ezra brings up the Jesus Lizard, um, we get a point whenever that happens. What about Tim? What do you reckon? Do you reckon it's going to be uh, positive or negative on this? It'll be, it'll be positive, but not as not as much as we have been. It'll be your coup. All right, let's let's yeah. find out. This is more like it. Piss and vinegar. Andy man. Peel version is essential stuff too. Not sure I like the mayor's laugh as it is most fake. Sounds like data of next generation. Not the most inventive thing they did, but it does what it sets out to do admirably. This is a stormer. I really, really thought it was great and I'm kicking myself for putting it up against such a, a top-notch track. Uh, is that everyone? I've totally lost, lost track of where we're at. Let's just assume that's everyone and um, move on to the joke. Don't be, don't be, 
Come on, the joke. Well, yeah, that really reminds me of uh, the John Spencer Blues explosion or the cramps. It's too close to me. I can. Jesus yeah. loses. That's a joke. joke. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question for you before you start. Um, does sheep dream of electric androids? Oh, that's a um, clockwork orange thing, is it? Exactly. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like when Galileo dropped the orange. That's right. <laughs> yeah. What about um, this song, though, Alistair? Quite a song, isn't it? Yeah, I really like the uh, violent food descends over you thing, which reminded me a bit of um, the article that I think Phil posted on the um, What's Up Chap thing. And um, well, you're going on about the guy from the Fat White family getting booze chucked on him by Smith and then Smith chucking booze back, and it was the uh, Glastonbury uh, piss pants uh, kind of thing. Which was so. unconvincing. Like, if you get a bit of champagne thrown, that that was not that was not a hit of champagne that had been spilled on his trousers. It not certainly wasn't. No. But it starts off. It sounds like a bloody Sonics cover, like really, really garagey. Um, and there's a nice garagey production. It's not too polished. Reminds me a bit of you know a bit of a, a Stooges vibe to it. Or the Ramones, who uh, I know Phil's a huge fan of. Would have loved to hear the, the drum machine a little bit more, which kicks in towards the end. But it's, it's a good tune. It is indeed. It's like a breakbeat going on in the background. It's you know they tried a bit of uh, a bit of a glove drum and bass on was it Ten Houses of Eve, but this is this is not too far away from a from a, a jungle uh, j- jungle breakbeat going on there. I am um, at the risk of sounding too much like you, Alistair. I, this is the one that I wanted to be put in the red. It, it is nice and garagey, but there's a better mix in there that could have. Um, well, actually, there's a remastered version which does a good job, and then there's I think the Peel version is um, is top notch. Uh, I love the way Mez makes a hook out of nothing. He just goes, the joke. And then he holds off on that five years in a PC camp thing. And it's brilliant when it comes in, the joke of five years in a PC camp. It's very catchy. And it, it just comes out of nowhere. Um, great hand claps as well. Um, go back to your diseased hut control room. The joke, five years in a PC camp. Philip, um, has political correctness gone too far? Not gone far enough, mate. Need more of it smeared all over us. Um, I, it's a great tune. I've only written one thing down about this tune which is that it's the best song of a shit album and that sounds doesn't sound like a compliment at all but it's it, it is a great tune and it's all right this and i know this is one that people are probably very familiar with it's had a bit of uh bit of exposure for various reasons um it's but it's a great it's another stormer it's one that if it came on when you were watching them out the whole room would start bouncing wouldn't it you know what i mean it's one of them types of tunes it's it's got a lot of great uh, poppy sensibilities about it, but it's it's still got a serrated edge about the whole sound. I do know what you mean about the fact it could be a bit raspier, could be a bit rawer the sound, the guitar in particular. Got, you made me flinch earlier on, Al, when you mentioned PV amps and <laughs> a bit of an allergic reaction to the distortion you get off PV amps. The only criticism I would make is that the, the distorted sound on the guitar on this is a little bit PV-ish. Um, I think it could have been a lot meatier, could have... Um, could have relied more on overdrive than on distortion is my technical response to it. But but yeah, great tune. It's a foot tapper. Yeah, that video that went round of that um of it set to those Russian dancers, you know, it's um it's very convincing. It works really well uh to the dance routine, even though sadly it is a fake video. Um, Sage, should we allow crypto fascists to buy our social media outlets? Absolutely not. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't find much of value in the song, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, it's good, but it's like, it, it's lowest common denominator, this whole fucking, uh, we can't make jokes about anything anymore because the PC police are going to put us in a PC prison camp for fucking five years. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot if you think that. And for sure, Marky Smith was a fucking idiot when he wrote these fucking words this is boring fish in a barrel bullshit musically it's good 
and you know yeah i, I do like disease control room shenanigans but yeah the god i, I i'm just so tired of people fucking whinging about i just wish one of these i wish Ezra, I wish one of these days you would get off the fence and say what you really mean. You will get splinters up your ass being so wishy-washy with your views. That's what I'm in it for, is splinters up my ass. <laughs> is that great uh, Stuart Lee line where he says that he's talking about his grandma and says she can't have a cup of tea while she's having a haircut in case it offends the gays? And um, <laughs> mix, uh, mixing health and safety up with the uh, political correctness. But Tim 3, Tim 3, when will you answer for your crimes? That's a good question. Oh, no. Man in pub complains that he can't tell racist jokes anymore and have nobody tell him he's a cunt. What are we to do about this gentleman? Well, since you ask, I do think he's gone too far. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this competition without I mean, I mean, this competition without allowing this song through. Um, This is actually, weirdly enough, I just looked through the track listing for Cerebral Caustic and we've now covered almost every song. There's only one song left on that album we haven't uh, we haven't come to, which is uh, interesting. So quite the uh, the pot stir there, isn't it? And it is um, it is time to vote DIY meat or the joke. Alistair. Well, I'm vegetarian, so I'm going for the joke. Very good. Ezra. I'm not vegetarian, so I'm going for DIY meat. <laughs> I cannot in all in all good conscience vote for that song. It's you know it's going to the final, right? Um what about Tim? Tim has gone DIY three, the joke one. Interesting. Helen? I'm gonna go for the joke and say let's go, Brendan. The joke. Five more years in that piece. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favourite songs, you know, and I, you know, uh, I'll let him have a bit of a moan every now and again. He's just like your, you know, old, your uncle, pissed uncle in the corner, isn't he? You know, <laughs> not doing any harm. Just, just doing a friendly rest, isn't I don't know what you're worried about. <laughs> Up the final showdown this evening. Old racism. Clasp hands. Well, they tell you what. Tell you what. It's fucking sinister. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. Um, send the buggers back, isn't it? It's a little bit like Phoenix Nights, isn't it? Where at times with Smith, where you're listening. I mean, that one's a little bit more over really in his political. Um, uh, but there's a few times he's like, "Well, get him off! I'll get him off! Get turn it off!" <laughs> Uh, but those are the most egregious. The most egregious uh, case of that has not yet emerged, but I'm sure it will very soon. Um, class pans, you don't mind? You want me to play it? Well, if you don't mind, could you do the, the only thing you have to do on this bloody podcast? <laughs> Dangerously into 12 bar blues waters there. Ezra, how'd you make of this jam? Well, you know, I remember a time not that long ago when I was doing a podcast, not dissimilar to this one, and there were two tracks at the end of the podcast. And one of them was slightly odd and sounded a bit like the United States of the of the Americas. And the other one was like a straight down the line, white line, full burn rocker. And I was full on for that one. My compatriots, they stabbed me in the back. I was very upset. I went out the night before last. I saw a queue outside, clasp hands, and they did i was empowered and their empowerment made me gentle in my boldness i was so glad i was part of the job club fulfilled i was like yoda on crack and yeah you know this is a good one but late period fall they could rock much harder and much better than this but it's nice to hear marky e. smith being happy i suppose i suppose it is to what he just said as well you put him up that easy what about tim you gonna have a guess 
No, I'm not guessing. I'm done with it. Fans, classic stuff. I'm glad you picked the Peel version, Brendan. The elves bit is essential. I like, and the empowerment made me gentle in my boldness. Ah, Steve Trafford, the second best bassist of the Fall group. Fall Heads Roll is a great record, and this is a highlight for me. Jaunty. That lineup, they only did what was it, three albums Heads Roll, um, Country on the Click, and uh, I think. Um, it was um it was great and they had a lot of experimentation with different styles and yeah the, the peel version is really nice and, and nice and uh, wiry rockabilly ish um and yeah even though it is a bit 12 bars as that turnaround is really nice and then yeah they threw in the elves riff and the elves i want to be your dog on this a second time and uh the empowerment made me gentle in my boldness <laughs> i was so glad it was part of the job club fulfilled i was over the death march like yoda on crack beautiful what about um what about somebody else what did they think well i think it, it sounds like um the cramps are john spencer blues explosion uh, that's four points now. um but yeah i think that this i don't think that's how this game works Al. <laughs> he's winning though and i don't want to take that away from him <laughs> scant few um smiles in this world for for our young man over there i'm not rob him of that you have, an, have uh, another one go on take another point in there before <laughs> the end yeah it sounds a bit like jesus i said um i think oh, this is <laughs> there's that uh, BBC documentary, weren't there, about uh, fall? Chris uh, Needham gets a point for that. Oh, yeah, Chris Needham, he's always worth a mention. Uh, manslaughter, damn fine band. Um, yeah, that documentary. There's footage of him recording this on there because the bits from recording appeal session. Rockabilly, R&B, stompy territory, and then it gets into I Want to Be a Dog territory. Um, quite like the dynamics between the bass and the guitar. The bass is really nice, sort of busy, um, you know, on the, on the rockabilly front. Uh, the drums are kind of functional, but I do like the vocal delivery. Nothing special, but good timings. Did the empowerment make, make you gentle? Never does, no. Oh, well. Fills me into a time. Into a time So I, I, I quite like the strokes, but I, but if I want to listen to the strokes, I'll put the, the strokes album on. This is, I, I couldn't not hear the strokes every time this song started. It just it just sounds like strokes to me. Or maybe like the Libertines or a, or a Pete Step Away From The Cheese Doherty uh, type tune. It's It's got that going in. And then it does, it, it, it just handbrake turns into that Stooges riff, um, which they've already ripped off once before uh, in a much better version than this. This did nothing for me at all. I thought it was fucking rubbish. Like it was low effort. Um, it sounds like somebody's, somebody's played something and someone's like, hey, it sounds like, it sounds like the Strokes, that. And they've and they've just whacked something out in the studio. I so no, it's not for me, this tune at all. Boring drivel. Not, not for you. Well, let's. it's up against the vinyl-only bonus track. Now, last time we heard those words, we got Get A Summer Song Going, which is um, thankfully um, not a repeat here. Uh, 986 Generator. Is that enough? Is that enough? Can we let's move on? Let's go. Let's let's wrap it up there. Let's take a quick vote. Uh, I'm gonna go for class pans. Ezra, what do you think of um YFOC 2010's vinyl only bonus track 986 generator? Yeah, I thought it was fucking great. The stomp, it's a bluesy stomp. It's got like Mark thinking about what well, you know, like uh racism. Racism, yes. Um <laughs> How he, how he can't, how he can't, how he can't say how what he wants anymore when he's on a buzz. How he could only say what it was like in 1986. I think it's great. I think it's fucking brilliant. Really like this one, actually. I liked it too, actually. I thought it was a nice slide and stomp and twang and it's building and there's a banjo. I'll allow it. Nice hand claps. Uh, <laughs> bass comes in at six minutes and is insistent there's some wailing furious guitars at seven in the red no less 
I will allow it. I thought it was actually pretty good. That was a great track. I would go as far as to say, I loved it. Phil, what did you think? I, I, you know, Jules Holland, when they put, and here's, here's a washed up artist from uh, 15 years ago. He's trying to reinvent their career by playing some blues music on Jules Holland. And then there's, that, there's like some, some, some bunch of session musicians making up some blues shit in the background. <laughs> and then fucking Jules Holland will start playing his piano. Like, yeah, yeah, fucking rubbish. It's just, this is, this is the, it, this is not, this is not what I want to hear from a full record at oh. all. Eight fucking minutes of pulling belly button fluff out of your fucking, no, rubbish. The lad from Mogwai once said that um, Moby, who got into like sampling this kind of stuff, he do this, those blues samples and he said that Moby did for the Delta Blues what Jive Bunny did for rock and roll. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very similar kind of a vibe, I think. Alistair, what do you think of 986 generated the vinyl only bonus track off 2010's Your Future Hour Clutter? Yeah, uh, it's a song, isn't it? Uh, it reminds me a bit of, well, the beginning of it reminded me a bit of Rolling, uh, Rolling Machine Bad Seeds, which I think I mentioned earlier in the week. Well, that's the slidey guitar that really uh, reminds me of that. Bit kind of like raikudery, but not dirty enough to be sort of like Bob Log, you know. Um, it's just one of them. It, it, I can I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Al. Al, did you just liken this record to raikuda? Well, um, it's playing on a um, surface mill. What have you been smoking this week? <laughs> it's like one of the greatest slide guitarists of a fucking generation, and you're comparing this, which sounds like a jam night with middle aged blokes in a fucking pub in Hume. Yeah, I'm doing. No. <laughs> that's exactly Bob what log. I'm doing. Bob Log 3. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just, it is quite sort of clean, could be a bit dirty, 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 you know. But I, I like the uh, rain recording at the end of it, I thought that was lovely. Did you like the hand claps? I did, yeah. Some great hand claps tonight. There were some very, very well timed hand claps, I thought. It was beautiful. I thought the whole song was great. Phil, what did you think? This song. <laughs> <laughs> what does Tim Three think of this song? I'm I'm calling him as a no-like. Hey, you call it a no. <clears throat> this is all right. Nice and bluesy, but not exactly purposeful. Feels like it needs another 10 minutes in the oven to turn it into something interesting. Aimless. I'm not sure where he's going with that one. He seems yeah. to have been kind in his cruelty, though. A little bit. Phil, what Doors song does it remind you of? Uh, most of the later period when they just wanted to do a goddamn blues album. <laughs> what's what's that last like, album? Yeah. It voices? reminds me of those three albums they did without Jim Morrison. I listened to those recently. They did, um... <laughs> Some real gems on those. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Ezra, what do you think of this one? I think it's smashing. <laughs> what? Phil? Of the hand claps. Everyone, what do we all think of this? All right, so it's class pants. You changed my mind, actually. I come back for it. Class pants um, versus 986 generator. Let's have a, a vote, shall we? Phil. Do you think he was just do you think they were just jamming it out and there was a 986 generator next to it? And he was just reading shit. An ode to it, uh, in the same way that, that that fellow did that one about the urn. Generator. <laughs> exactly. An urge to a generator. Um Phil, which way are you voting? Uh class pounds. Ezra, what about you? 986 generator. I say you just don't um, like me. Alistair, which way are you going? I'll go with generator as well, just okay. to push Phil off. I, I see. I see. <laughs> Friends like these. Um, I think I'll vote for 986 generator. At two, Bruce. I like. Well, I liked it. I told you I had wailing guitars and well-timed hand claps and a banjo, and I'm allowing it. <laughs> it's all the way, isn't it? What about, what about the, the joke versus 986 generator in the final? What's um? <laughs> what does Timothy think? Oh, well, 96 wins. So what that means is uh, we got Detective Instinct. Are you happy now, Ezra? Are you happy now? Yeah, I am, actually. I'm really happy. <laughs> Detective Instinct went through. Cloud of Black. The joke. A 986 generator. Who would have thought it? Um, so next week, where we got a regular issue with no guest. Chaps, as always, 
It's been a delight. Uh, we brought this one in under time, which is good. We've got our bonus this week. Stay safe. You want me to just play 986 Generator then? Come on, let's play as we go out. Play the last, play the last like two minutes where it gets good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Bring it in there.